All right, guys, welcome to 10 Minute Tuesday. This week, we are going to go through a bunch of different questions that you guys have asked us. Before or after puberty. Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, We're going to go through them after puberty. I feel much better now. Thank you. I feel like you're going to go like this. That was really good. Oh, bro, it's very good. That was really good. Yeah, you've never seen the gobble? No. Do it first one more time, Joe. That's pretty good. It's actually pretty insane. Like, if you hear him do it, I've heard him do it from, like, across a field, and you think it's a turkey, bro. That's awesome. For sure. Mm -hmm. I actually, fully confident, if the world ended and Joey had to provide meat, had no turkey call, could actually call in a turkey. (laughs) <laughs> I'm dead serious, okay. bro. It's, it's pretty good. It's a good mouth gobble. It's yeah. a good that's mouth about gobble. all I got. I could shot gobble a pretty good turkey. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You do a good waddle, too, when you get down, like, in the... Oh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I've seen that. That's good. All right, Carter, get, give us some questions here. Uh, tips on decoying birds late season. Hmm. Go ahead. Decoying birds late season. Well, I mean... Kind of just depends on the day. How do you even answer this question? <laughs> what do you got? How many birds? You using a lot of decoys? Not a lot of decoys. You know, I mean, birds want to be there. They don't want to be there. You know, what I've found oh is that you um, get their attention as early as you can. A lot of really loud calling, large decoy spreads. And then as they get closer, you have to judge them on the day. But usually, I'd say like most sunny days, you slow down your calling, and then on overcast days, you keep it going. Like you just hammer them all the way down to the ground. That's what I found. Good call. Yeah. Um, I've done it before, Carter. Well, <laughs> uh, whether or not afternoon hunts are worth the time and effort. Absolutely, in my opinion. It just depends on what you got, though. I mean, if you're just going out for funsies, then just know what you're going out for. If you actually have a good field, for sure. Birds feed in the afternoon. You know, even a good water spot, like, you can certainly have a decent hunt. I've had great hunts in the afternoon. A lot more field than water for yeah. afternoon. If you're having a really good water hunt in the afternoon, Might it's most likely roost. a roost. Yeah. So, um, and then you're you're fucked. And it depends what you're saying afternoon is. Is that one or two? Or are you thinking, like, like, four or five? You know? So, there's the morning hunt and then the afternoon hunt. So, like, usually the afternoon hunt, it's, like, <laughs> till sunset. Yeah, but like 1 o'clock is the afternoon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Later in the day. How sure. about that? A- yeah. Afternoon. Afternoon. Yeah. Great. Usually from like... Well, you could have a decent low font afternoon. Sure. No, Um. what was the question again? Can you have a good afternoon hunt? What do you think on afternoon hunts? Yeah, whether it's worth the time and effort. Yeah, no, yeah, I'd, I'd say go out and scout in the morning and then uh, hunt them in the afternoon, you know, but we've gotten screwed quite a bit on them using different feeds in the morning versus the afternoon. So, I mean, especially later in the year, they tend to go to the same spot over and over and over again. And so then obviously you're going to have a better hunt in the afternoon, early season. It's hard to pinpoint. So like, especially for geese, I'm just thinking of like North Dakota early season, you go out in the morning and you scout and you see him hitting a wheat field great and then you go out and hunt them in that same wheat field and then they're in a grass field for no reason and so it's just that's very aggravating and um 
so it just it just totally depends on the time of year how many birds and whatever but yes afternoon hunts can be very very good all right um this guy asked public land etiquette just what your thoughts are and here's a good question how far should you be able to set up away from somebody without them being like how far is okay subjective but what do you think your public land etiquette is in minnesota just in general but your public land experience is mainly minnesota so yeah let's hear it yeah i mean i would say if you're within like 250 yards of me i'm like damn mm-hmm. you know i mean if you're 250 yards from me i guess i'm not coming to talk to you if you're 100 yards from me we're gonna probably have to talk mm-hmm. i would say what about you? You're just talking about like setup yardages. I mean, that's, my that's not all of it. Obviously, this is just etiquette, but mm-hmm. setup yardages is like minimum of 250 yards. Like if if I shoot in your direction and you feel my pellets mm-hmm. hit you, you're too close. Plain and simple, you're too close. So mm-hmm. it's like 200, 250 yards. Yeah. yeah. Um, but just public land etiquette. Don't be an asshole, dude. Yeah. Don't skybus other people's stop, birds. Stop shooting the downwind birds. And then also stop leaving your trash everywhere, man. It is ridiculous. Like the That's amount crazy. of trash on public land is so bad. Even at the launch, so much shit. Yeah. Like when people are clearing out their boats of like weeds and shit, they're just throwing out ammo boxes and they're throwing out like a Gatorade bottle. They're throwing out full throttle. They're throwing out everything Yeah. Like on the launch. Yeah. Stop. You go out to the spot that, you know, a lot of other people hunt because there's certain lakes around here that you can only hunt like a very specific spot. You just find trash all over the place. I'm getting sick of it. But I'd say just like normal public land etiquette. Like if you are both going to the same spot, you're there at generally the same time. You don't have too many people in your party. Just hunt together. You know, I've actually met a lot of cool people doing that. And so it's a lot of fun, actually. I, I do enjoy hunting with new people all the time. But, um, but yeah, also if you get there super late, don't, I'd say like the biggest number one public land etiquette thing that I've noticed is if you get there late, um, and you're there right at shooting time, don't be there right at shooting time, either be there right before or like after the morning has gone by a little bit because you're screwing up everybody else's hunt by far, everybody else in the marsh, a boat going right through the water, mm-hmm. you're screwing up everybody's hunt because you were a late piece of shit. Don't do that, you know? Yeah. This guy asked, uh, would you rather hunt with a big group of friends or a small group of friends? And what is your ideal number on a hunt? Probably all situationally dependent, but like just overarching. I guess I would prefer to probably hunt with smaller groups. When I say smaller, I guess I'm thinking like five or less. You know, I, I love hunting with like three or four people. Yeah, four is like my golden number. Mm hmm. Four is my golden number, and um, hunting alone is my favorite, you know, so the less the better, honestly, in my opinion. Um, if you really know the guy well, like, if, if Cal and I were to just go out and hunt by ourselves, that's awesome. Love that, because we can just talk about everything under the sun, you know? Um, but when you get to groups of, like, 10 plus, shit starts to get really unsafe, and I've seen it happen too many times, and I don't really like it. But at the same time, there's certain times where you just need to go bang out a 16-man limit. Like, because you just feel bad shooting it with four people. 
you know, there's 10,000 birds coming to a field. It's like, yeah, let's load it up. Mm-hmm. Let's load up to people. Yeah. And then just pick your people selectively. Yeah. Uh, probably last question here. This guy yeah. asked, uh, he's been seeing a lot of people paint their decoys all black on Instagram. He asked, how does that work? It feels like the opposite of a DSD. No detail, just a black blob. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're banking on a situation where you probably don't need really high res, you know, super, super high detail decoys. You're probably using those decoys, not probably, but you're using those for visibility. So, I mean, that decoy is being used specifically to try to get attention to your spread. So if you're looking for more of an intimate setting where these birds are going to be really up close and personal and see these decoys, you're probably not going to want to have a ton of black decoys out. But again, it's just kind of situational. I mean, people have been using black and white decoys for forever. And so the main reason is numbers, visibility, and... I don't know what it looks like to the birds. I think it's just contrast on the water. And so it obviously does work. And people will buy really shitty decoys to add to a permanent spread, like on Catahoula and on, you know, like these areas down south that you can just leave a permanent spread of four or 500 decoys. And it's for migrator days. You know, they see a big flock of birds and they're like, I'm going to go down there and check it out. And so that actually brings me up to, I was going to talk about it on the main podcast, but there's a guy on Minnesota Waterfowlers that posted this really cool, it felt like a out of a storybook, but he was talking about how uh, bluebills in Minnesota, like the last real flight of the bluebills in Minnesota was like 91, 92. And he had like this whole romantic poem, like love letter of how it used to be back in the old days. Mm-hmm. And there'd be rafts of 50,000 to 250,000 bluebills and people would go out with their shitty camouflage and canvas and silver boats and they'd just drape um, burlap over the ends so it, it, it wasn't like silver showing and they would go through many boxes of shells. They'd shoot over their limit, <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's like the one time a year you get to do that and they would all risk the ticket, which is kind of like dope to hear. But it's like a, they all use black decoys is one of the other things that he said in there. And that, that this obviously reminded me of that. But it's uh, Matt Wallen and I went out and hunted on this really famous lake in uh, northwestern Minnesota. And it was a big canvas back lake back in the 50s. And uh, we got skunked our first day. And then we trashed his boat axle at the launch. And the guy yeah. was like, what are you using for decoys? Like mallards, widgeon, pintail. He's like, ah, you're never going to kill anything out here. And we're like, why? He's like, come into my shop. We'll fix your boat in my shop. And he's the coolest fucking dude. And we got really drunk hanging out with him. He's elk antlers everywhere. Like, he's a big elk hunter. And he's like, no, you need to have coot decoys. You need to have all black. I'm like, no. And so he's like, here, I got two dozen here you can use. But go to Fleet Farm when you get your axle and uh, buy as many coot decoys as you could. So we had four dozen total. And we killed a bunch of birds. The next day, he's like, they only land with coots on this, on this deal. They has to be black. It's just since the fifties, all of your decoys have to be black. And it's like, that's crazy. No shit, huh? And it worked. Like yeah. it was so cool. We killed cans, mallards, bluebills, everything that day. It was, yeah. it was one of the funnest hunts ever. It's probably one of the most memorable. But it's just like, um, if it works, don't change it. Right. Type of a deal. You know. I mean, think about when we were out on Catahoula with uh, Wade. 
You know how shitty those decoys looked? For sure. Because they're really sitting bad. out in the sun for, for two months. years, yeah. Oh, they pick them up at the end of every year. Well, yeah, but they sit for, yeah. Yeah, they sit for two months every year. Right, every year, yeah. It's crazy. So, yes, black decoys do work, and that's probably why people are doing it. They're buying shitty decoys on Facebook Marketplace, and they're just adding it to a big spread for numbers. And it doesn't mean, by the way, though, that it, like, always works. So, like, you you could hunt with just some black decoys sometime, and, like, some mallards could not like it, so. Well, I mean, they're birds, yeah. Yeah. I'm they saying, could not, well, like... All DSD floaters in a spread, you know? I'm just saying, don't go buy black decoys and then be like, what the hell? I didn't shoot them today. I don't know. Right. Well, they used to use tires, dude. Right. Tires. Sure. In the field. Milk for jugs. Geese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just paint milk jugs black and it killed ducks over them. Yeah. That's nuts. Wooden piece, pieces of wood. It's trippy. Yeah. So. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you on the next one.